Amen. Thank you so much, Zach and Sophia. Uh, we're so grateful for our time again to gather together in this space. Um, and truly, each day is a gift. And uh, singing of God's amazing grace is such a fresh reminder of that. And um, I'm really excited and honored to introduce today's speaker, Pastor Neil Rich, um, who I am blessed to have uh, quite a rich history with. Um, Neil, I called him when I was in high school. He's one of my high school youth group leaders, Dr. Rich, because he owned, uh, led his own chiropractic business. Uh, I actually saw him a couple times. He kind of gave me some adjustments when I was playing college football. So, so maybe after the fact, he can not only pray for you, but maybe adjust you a little bit. I'm just kidding. But, um, but uh, he has been serving as the lead pastor at Cedar Valley Church um, in Bloomington since 2016. And this pastor actually, has, uh, this past year, stepped on to of the board, trustees here at UNW. And so uh, he has a, a deep, deep heart uh, and passion for the, for the word of God, for the people of God, especially for you as students. And he himself is an alumni, uh, graduated when I think I was just about getting potty trained back in 1987. So, um, so just, just a few years back, but I'm really, really grateful uh, for him and to have him here. And I wanna join you, uh, invite you now just to, just to welcome him, show some appreciation. And hands together, um, but then hands out. If you put hands out as we pray over Neil um, as he speaks to us. So Father in heaven, I want to thank you and praise you. God, thank you for the love that is in your eyes, that as you look upon us as your kids this morning, thank you that your face shines upon us with your, with your favor. God, we recognize that every day, each day is a gift, Lord. And I recognize and I'm convinced that every single person is here for a reason. No one is here by accident or mistake whether they're here in this room, whether they're watching in their dorm room or in a classroom or someplace else on campus or off a camp, off a campus, I pray that right now, Holy Spirit, would you work afresh in each of us? Would you fill in the gaps that we have, even in the geographical distance and the spatial distance that we have? God, I pray that there would be a tangible sense of togetherness in your presence. And Father, right now, we pray that you would feel, fill our dear, dear brother, Pastor Neil, that as he speaks to us, um, journeying through, continuing our journey through the Sermon on the Mount as a part of our overarching series on the kingdom of God. With this beatitude, Father, I pray that as you speak the word, that you, Holy Spirit, would perform the word and that would work transformation at the heart level in each of us. We love you. We thank you for loving us first. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Right on. All right. Let's go. Uh, I just, I just want to say this first. I, I just love every time I get to come back here. I love it. I love it. This was a uh, had such an impact on my life. I was here five straight years, you know, and uh, it just had such a profound impact on my life. Uh, I kind of grew up just a city kid, smart mouth, uh, smart mouth, and so uh, God just got a hold of me and transformed me. Uh, just it was the ministry of a high school pastor, and 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 it just it just really had an impact. I came up here to go to school. And uh, man, it was just five of the best years of my life. So every time I come back, I have great feelings about being on campus. Uh, I'm proud of the university. I'm proud of the, the stance uh, that they continue to take and say, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, hold the biblical line here. I know that's not easy for universities to do. And uh, I know when you guys are here, I know it's hard sometimes when, you, when you're going to school and you think, I don't know, is this, is this that good a school? Am I in the right place? Sometimes you wonder that, it's not perfect, they got this. And you'll get out and you'll just be grateful uh, for your experience here. So uh, I know you guys are currently in a series and you're doing Sermon on the Mound. And even that was significant to me. I still remember, um, I think it was either my freshman or sophomore year. And we had our, do y'all still have a spiritual emphasis week? Do you have that? 
Is that what you call it? Every week is spiritual. And man, that was, the, that was the right answer, right? Every week, everyone is spiritual. And so anyway, we had spiritual emphasis week, and they'd bring in a speaker, and he'd speak all week long. You know, it was that kind of thing. And he, he did the Beatitudes, and I still remember some of the messages. And so uh, it, it's significant to me. We're going to look at blessed, blessed are the meek. Uh, that's what we're going to look at this morning. And, and, uh, and I, w- I want us to have uh, an understanding. Now, I'm going to give you, so just, just point of reference, uh, this is an NIV translation uh, you can also have this. Now, my translation, what I, what I typically read is New Living Translation, but it says this, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. And, and I think that's interesting that that, uh, it'll, that word will be translated as meek or it'll be translated as humble. Sometimes some of your translations will say gentle. And so obviously it can mean a number of things. And I think before we go on, we need to have a really a, a biblical understanding. I, I love where the scripture says, don't just hear the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. But I would say this for myself, and you, you may be in the same boat. Uh, sometimes it's hard for me to do because I'm not sure exactly what it means in my context in 2020. And so I'm going to give you a working definition of what I believe meekness is or gentleness, or humility, you know, to be humble. I'm going to give you a working definition. I'm going to give you a couple examples and flesh this out so that, so that perhaps we can be doers of the word. And I would look at it like this. This is how I've designed it, uh, defined it, that meekness really is trusting God to carry out the plan of God for the glory of God. So, so just soak that in for a minute. Let me just say it again, that meekness is really trusting God. It's a trust to carry out the plan of God for the glory of God. And I want to give you just a couple examples uh, of this. I, I want to go back to Numbers chapter 12. And you can flip there in your Bible if you, if you want. Numbers chapter 12. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Again, my translation will be New Living Translation. And, you know, you're in the book of Numbers. And so we've been through Exodus. And the Israelites have come out of Egypt. And the whole thing has been great. And they're, they're moving across the, the wilderness. And you get to Numbers. And so you're getting some counts of things. And how many people were in this group. And, and that type of thing. And then in chapter 11, this is going to be a shocker. Chapter 11, the Israelites start complaining. They got a beef, they're upset, they're not happy with Moses, the whole thing's going on. But that's the people. The people are upset with Moses. People are people, right? Then we pick this up. Chapter 12, Numbers chapter 12. This is verse 1. It was going to be verse 1. You guys want to flip that for me? Because for some reason now, yeah, it says this. While they were at Hazaroth, so the Israelites are at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron, we all remember Miriam and Aaron, brother and sister. Miriam and Aaron are Moses, brothers and sisters. And they criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. They're very critical now, all of a sudden, of Moses, right? And, and again, they're family. And then it says this. This is not going to work, so I'm just going to ask you to flip it for me. It says this. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? What's the big deal about Moses? We're, we're kind of awesome. Like, does God just speak through Moses? And he continues, and he says this. But the Lord heard them. And this is very important. Like they got a beef now. They're critical of Moses. He's their brother. But God heard them. And just keep that in mind. Numbers goes on and it says this. Now Moses was very humble. This is a great, one of those great editorial comments. You just need to know this. You need to understand this about Moses. He was extremely humble. In fact, so humble that he was more humble than any other person on the whole earth. He goes on and he says, So immediately... Now, this is in reference to God heard them criticize him. Immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, and he says, go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. Just remember this, that all three of them went out. I'll come back to that. All three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. The writer goes on. Then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud, and he stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Now he only calls out Aaron and Miriam. 
All three of them are out there. Moses is witness to this. He says, Aaron and Miriam, he called them. They stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I'm about to say. Back up one. Can we back up? Yeah, right on. Now to the next. It says, if there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. Very important. He said, if there was a prophet there, here's what I'd do. I'd speak to them in a vision. That's what I'd do. I'd send them a vision. Or I would speak to them in dreams. Notice, dreams, vision. That's how I would speak to a prophet. He goes on, and he says, but now with Moses, of all my house, he's the one I actually trust. Here's what that looks like. He continues. He says, I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. You get a prophet, they're a big deal. Prophets come, here's how I speak to prophets. Dreams and visions, dreams and visions, that's what I do. Not Moses. Moses is the most humble man that we know. And he says, when I speak to Moses, I speak to him face to face. He sees me as I am. He continues. So why are you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? God's on him, man. God's upset. God's upset because they were critical, because they were criticizing Moses. And then it says this. The Lord was very angry with them, and he, he departed. The Lord was very angry because they criticized Moses. Now notice Moses' response. Doesn't really say much. He, do, he doesn't say a thing. He, he wasn't there when they were talking, but he knows that they're critical of him. He knows that everybody else is critical of him. And they criticize Moses, and he doesn't really say a thing. Verse 10 then says this. As the cloud moved from the tabernacle, now watch this. There stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. Got it? God's angry. They were criticizing Moses. Moses hasn't said boo. Now God steps in. The cloud moves away, and Miriam's skin is white with leprosy. Next verse says this. And when Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for the sin we have so foolishly committed. The sin was we were criticizing you. Notice Moses' response. Didn't say a word. Right, that's meekness. He's the most humble guy we know. Meekness says this. I'm trusting God to carry out God's plan for God's glory. That's meekness. That's biblical meekness. Moses was the most humble man we know. Moses said nothing even though they were criticizing. Let me give you a more contemporary example. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. Did, did anybody, back up one please. Anybody watch this? Anybody see Downton Abbey? Did you watch Downton Abbey? Nobody. Okay, perfect. I'll explain it to you. So Downton Abbey, this is the character known as Mr. Bates. And, and the interesting thing about Bates is, if you never saw it, Bates was... Uh, he, he was the valet of the house. He was Lord, uh, Lord Grantham's valet, right? So he's taking care of him. He's brushing his jacket off. When he puts on his jacket, he brushes off his hat. He makes sure that everything looks good before he leaves the house. But he's crippled. He's got a bum leg. And so he uses a cane everywhere he goes. He walks with a cane. And the other servants of the house, they don't like Bates. In fact, the reason that Bates got his job, primarily, first and foremost, is because he had a history with Lord Grantham. He was a friend of the Lord's, right? Very close. And so there were times when, when guests would come up to the house, and when guests come up to the house, what they do is all the wait staff lines up. Like they line up in a row, and they all stand in the drive, right? And they're, they're waiting for the guests to come up. But they present themselves, and you're trying to make the Lord of the, of the manor look good. And so one of the servants takes a whack at Bates, hits his cane, causes him to stumble and fall down. Bates never says a word. 
Doesn't say a word. One time they tricked Bates into carrying this tray that is way too heavy, right? And he drops it and looks stupid and makes everybody around him look stupid. And he never said a word. He was falsely accused, went to jail, never said a word, never defended himself. Why? Because Bates had a close relationship with the Lord, small l. And he knew that the Lord, small l, would, would take care of him. And so he didn't feel any need to puff his chest up, defend himself, speak up for himself, make things happen. Right? That's actually biblical meekness. The meekness is a trust in the Lord that he'll work his plan for his glory. That's meekness in action. We saw it in Moses. We saw it in Bates. I want to give you one more. I wish I had a video for this, and I don't have a video, but instead we're just going to do homemade video. So I, I just want you to do this. I'm reading from the prophet Isaiah, and I want you to understand we're talking about this idea of meekness, which says this. It's a trust in God that he's going to carry out God's plan for God's glory. And so as I read this, all I want you to do is just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. If you're watching online, just, just close your eyes, and I just want you to take this in. The prophet Isaiah writes about Christ, about the coming Messiah, and tells us this. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and his sheep had silent before the shears. He didn't open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and never even deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. It, yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he'll have many descendants. He'll enjoy a long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. And when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he'll be satisfied and because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he'll bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier. Because he exposed himself to death, he was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. Right? Isaiah 53, the prophet Isaiah writes about Jesus as a lamb that was slain to, to slaughter. Falsely accused, never said a word. Never said a word. What is that? That's biblical meekness. It's a trust in God that he'll work God's plan for God's glory. Right? You have the definition up there I put again. Just think about that for a minute. Like, what is our proclivity? I, 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 again, I grew up as a really smart-mouthed kid, and I'm hyper, hyper-competitive. And so if you take a shot at me, i got to take a shot back. That's just the way I was wired. I'm just like, that's my sin nature. And I'm hyper-competitive, so I don't just take a shot back. I've got to be a step up when this is over. And so it's natural for me. It's natural for me. I'm just saying I'm good. At it. It, just comes good. it just comes natural to me. I just fire back. But biblical meekness is trusting God to carry out the plan of God, the glory of God. Now, I want to finish the verse because all we've talked about is, is this meekness, this gentleness, this, this humility. Look at the next slide, please. It says this. This was our original verse. God blesses those who are humble, who trust God, carry out the plan of God to the glory of God. God blesses them. Here's how. They will inherit the whole earth. 
Like there's a blessing that goes with this. There's a blessing that goes with, with, with our meekness, with our humility, with our gentleness. There's a blessing. What's the blessing? Inherit the whole earth. I couldn't tell you. I don't know what that means. I got nothing. What I do know is this. I, I, I know that we should be encouraged. I think we should be encouraged to trust God, to carry out the plan of God, to the glory of God. I think we should be encouraged when it's really difficult for us, when it's really hard for us, when we want to speak up for ourselves, when we want to defend ourselves, when we want to make things happen. You do know this, right? And, and, and you guys have probably talked about this. First of all, you know this. I'm not telling anything, you anything you don't know. Just how paradoxical Christianity is. The first or last, the last or first. You want to be the greatest, be the servant, right? We understand that. This Sermon on the Mount thing was so radical when Jesus said it. Like, for a lot of you, you've just grown up in the church, and we read it, and we go, hey, blessed are the meek, hey, right on, that's all good. To the audience in the first century, it was radical. Jesus was saying things, they thought he's lost his marbles. What is he talking about? And even for us today, the meek don't inherit the earth, everybody. Don't you know that, right? You know who inherits the earth? People who grab the bull by the horns. That's who, that's who inherits the earth. Make it happen, Kevin, like, let's go. Like, like, let's make something happen here. I got to speak up. I got to defend myself. I got to defend my name. Somebody insulted me. I got to fire back. I can't sit around and wait. I got to make it happen. And you say, no, 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 no. Blessed are those who are humble. Why? Because they'll inherit the whole earth. I don't know what that means. I don't know what whole earth means. I don't know. But I think you should know this, that there is a reward. I think you should be encouraged I think there's a reward. Hebrews 11 says this, without faith it's impossible to please God. We, we all remember that. But then remember in the rest of the verse it says, those who come to him must, number one, believe that he exists. Well, that's obvious. But it also says this. That, that's very interesting to me. You have to believe that God exists. But secondly, you have to believe this, that he rewards those who diligently seek after him. It's the nature of who God is. God is a rewarder of those who seek after him. Now, the reality is, it's probably not here necessarily. I'm certainly not a proponent of prosperity theology. I think that's just silly heresy. That's my opinion, you know. But I think this, sometimes the greatest blessing you'll ever have is rich friendships. And God, God gives those. It's a rich marriage for some of you someday. God gives those. There are blessings, there are blessings that come when we diligently seek God. And there's a blessing and reward for those of you who are meek and practice humility and practice gentleness. Blessed are those who are humble. They'll, they'll inherit the whole earth. And so really all I want to do is leave you with this question because again, we don't want to just be hearers of the word, deceiving ourselves. We want to do what it says. And so here's the question that I want to pose to you this morning, and that is this. What situation is making it hard for you to trust God right now? What, what, what situation is going on right now that, that makes it hard for you to practice meekness and humility and gentleness? Like, what's going on right now? Like, who's, who's criticized you? Who's insulted you? Who's offended you? And you feel like, that ain't happening. I got to speak up. I got to say something right now. I got to defend my name. Because right, then we think back to, to Moses. I, I, I don't know that we should always necessarily go right to Mr. Bates, but I'm just saying it was an example. Right? Then we think of Christ himself. What was their response? You, you, you can't just be a smart mouth city kid. 
That, that's not biblical meekness. And I'm just telling you this. The biblical meekness comes with a reward. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's the situation in your life right now where you say, it's really hard for me to be meek in this context, in this situation, because i got to say something. Or what's the situation right now where you're not trusting God to work his plan for his glory because you think, man, if I'm not aggressive about this situation, it's not going to happen for me. And I'm not a proponent of, hey, just, just pray and then sit back and don't ever do anything. I'm not, I'm not espousing that. I'm asking you a question. What situation is going on in your life right now where it makes it difficult for you to practice meekness, humility, gentleness? What is it? What is it where you just say, I can't keep quiet anymore? Like, what's that situation? Now, some of you have one. Some of you had one in your head. You were like, it's easy. It's this. You know, it's with a family member who's cut me in. And I feel like I got to bounce back. Boom. It's with a friend here at school and they cut me. They offended me, right? They insulted me. Boom, I got to fire back. This was somebody from back home, right? What's that situation? Some of you thought of a situation right now where you've been praying about it and God is leading you in a direction. And you say, but I can't wait for God to make things happen. I got to make things happen. But we just saw this biblical meekness is trusting God to work the plan of God to the glory of God. What's that situation? As we close this morning, here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask, if you had one of those, and this is for here in the room, and it, it may be if you're watching online, because I think it's important to physically participate. If you had that situation this morning, I know this is weird, I'm just really good at awkward, I'm going to ask you to stand up in your seat right now, because I'm going to pray for you. If you had that situation this morning, stand up. I'll wait. Yep, gotcha. Gotcha. I'm going to pray for you right now. Stand up. You just said, man, i got to fire back. i got to say something. I've been insulted. I've been cut. I've been offended. I'm feeling aggressive like, God, I can't wait on God. I can't trust in God. And I would tell you this. If you're not standing, you do understand that this is the cycle of life, right? Because this is what I always say about trials. You either just came out of one, you're in one, or you're fixing to head into one. Like, that's the cycle of life. And I would say in these situations... You either just came out of that situation, you're in that situation, you're fixing to go into that situation soon. Let's pray. Would you join me? Father, God in heaven, we acknowledge you as the great creator. That's who you are. The God who is so powerful that he just spoke words and the mountains were formed. God, we acknowledge you as that God, the all-powerful God. We acknowledge you on the, as, the, as the omniscient God. Nothing's ever occurred to you. You've never learned anything. You've ever had a new thought. You're the omniscient God. And you're the omnipresent God who's here with us always. You never go anywhere. You're already there. So God, to that end, we pray to you because you know these situations, because you know everything. So we pray to you, omniscient God. And we pray to you, omnipresent God, because we know that you are here in our midst and you live in the lives of your children. You're living in them right now. For those who are standing, God, would you remind them of your presence? And because you are the omnipotent God, you can do something about this, and we trust you. So Holy Spirit, I'm praying that you would minister powerfully to them right now, that you would remind them of whose they are, that they're a child of the Most High King, God, that you are the avenger, that you are their defender, Father, that you will come to their aid, that you will work your plan for your glory. 
And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would empower them with the supernatural power of your Holy Spirit, that you will strengthen them by the power of your Holy Spirit to practice meekness. And God, would you encourage them? Would you encourage them right now that you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you and that those who practice meekness will be blessed, that they will inherit the earth? Would you remind them? Would you minister to them right now? Would you give them a peace? Holy Spirit, would you minister a calm to them that they have not experienced before? Do this, God, all for your glory. All for your glory, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody in the room said, amen. You guys are out of here. Have a great day, you guys.